Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. We got a couple of trades to announce, ladies and gentlemen. The Maple Leafs have entered the chat and made two deals on the eve of trade deadline. We're going to break those two trades down right now for you and then talk a little bit about, uh, well, maybe one other deal that Taylor Hall also dealt, so we'll discuss that deal. And then say if there's anything left for deadline day as it soon... uh, Approaches at 3 o'clock today will be the deadline for the NHL trade deadline, and then no more trades will be able to go through, and the Leafs wanted to make sure that they upgraded their roster and upgraded their team before it got to that point, and they definitely have the Leafs making a splash, acquiring both forward Nick Foligno and goaltender Big Save Dave. Yep, Dave Riddick uh, on the eve of the deadline. He's coming over from the Calgary Flames, and that's going to definitely add some depth to the goaltending position. We'll get into what that means momentarily, but let's talk about the big trade, and that's bringing in Nick Foligno. Uh, So the deal overall is the Leafs get Nick Foligno at just a 25% cap hit. So he's only going to cost $1.83 million against the cap compared to his $5.5 million cap hit. So to make that work, Columbus retained 50%. And then they also got San Jose involved who keeps an additional 25% as part of the brokering the deal. They got a fourth round pick. The Leafs uh, giving up their fourth rounder and also giving up a first rounder and then an additional fourth. So the Leafs giving up a first on two fourths for Nick Foligno at a 25% cap hit. Also getting uh, some depth, Stefan Neeson in the deal as well. So what are the Leafs getting in Nick Foligno? Well, they're getting a leader, right? This guy's the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. People can't say enough glowing things about Nick Foligno. He's an amazing person, and he will come in and really fit with the culture that the Maple Leafs are trying to establish. You think about the guys who they brought in, you know, Spezza, Wayne Simmons, um, Joe Thornton, Jack Campbell, Jake Muzzin. They're bringing in really quality people into the organization, just setting a culture and allowing these young guys to understand what it means to be a good NHLer, to be a good person, and to play a mature game. And that's exactly what Nick Foligno can bring. So, obviously, he's got a lot of on-ice talent. But off the ice, as a leader, he also brings those intangibles, which is going to be huge. Um, on the ice, though, an extremely reliable two-way guy. Um, he's hard to play against. He plays well in his own zone. Has a little bit of offense, but clearly his offense has fallen off a little bit. Um compared to what it used to be, uh, you know, a career-high 73 points back in 2014-15, but just two 20-goal seasons in his career 
And uh, so I don't think the offense is going to be quite as explosive as people would hope that a trade like Taylor Hall would have brought. But I think Felino still can provide enough where you'll be satisfied with what he brings to you. Um, and especially in the playoffs. Like, this guy just plays a playoff game. He's hard to play against. He's nasty. Um, he, he can wear out an opponent in the offensive and defensive zone. Uh, he's really solid in his own zone, which is which is something that I think the Leafs wanted to make sure that they went out and got themselves a, a good, solid, two-way player. And that's exactly what Nick Foligno is going to give them. And best of all, the, he's got versatility. Um, I think one of the things that the Maple Leafs really wanted to make sure that they got in any trade that they made this offseason or this deadline was to make sure they got someone who was versatile. And a part of that could be the, the fact that Galchenyuk has played really well, and they're just not 100% convinced that they're ready to uh, to anoint him with a top six role. But at the same time, I don't think they want to take him out of a top six role the way that he's playing. You know, he, he was really good with, with John Tavares and William Nylander, and then just this last game played pretty well with um, Marner and Matthews. And... I think you'll get a little bit of a run there with those guys. And if that's the case, what do you do with Nick Felino? Does he slide in to that second line role with John Tavares and Mitch Marner and, and William Nylander? Perhaps that's one option. He could also technically go and play on that top line and then move Hyman down to your third line and go with that Hyman, Engvall, and, um, and Mikheyev line that we saw play pretty well earlier in the season. But... There's also a potential that the versatility of, of him can come into play where they may try him out at, at center. And I posed that on Twitter. I was just kind of going through some lines and saying, oh, let's let's go over some things. I'm not saying that Nick Felino is going to be the team's third-line center or that he would be the best option as a third-line center. But And if I was trying to take a look at the lineup, I want Hyman in the top six. I want to keep Hyman in there because he's such a great player. And the way that Galchenyuk is playing right now, I don't think that he comes out of the top six either. He doesn't deserve to be pulled out right away. And when you think about it, Felino doesn't quite have the same offensive spunk that he once used to have. He is more of a, a defensive guy at this point in his career. He has played center. He does take faceoffs on a regular basis, and he is defensively sound in his own zone. So I think that there is a possibility, again, for those who were ripping me on Twitter for just posing this, I still think there is a possibility that he could be this team's third line center. You think of a line of Nikea, Felino, and and possibly a, a Wayne Simmons. I think that could be a solid shutdown third line that's going to be tough to play against. You know, you've got three guys who like to run around, bang bodies, play well in their own zone. Three guys who can go and dig in for pucks that'll go hard to the net, um, and they'll just be tough dudes to play against. So, you know, when it comes to Sheldon Keefe, we know that he is wanted to have a legit shutdown third line. He tried early in the year to keep Hyman down on the third line as long as he could. Remember when Hyman started the season with Kerfoot and Mikheyev? That was strictly so that he could have a shutdown third line. And if you can do that with Mikheyev, Felino, and Simmons, and then keep Hyman and Galchenyuk on the left wing spots up in the top six, assuming that Galchenyuk keeps playing at the rate he is, if he falls off, 
Felino's your insurance there to put somebody in that top six, and he could easily take over that position. These are not set in stone. But for me, maybe try Felino at 3C, and then he's insurance also if Galchenyuk starts to falter. And for those saying he's not a centerman, he's not a centerman, he can't do it, I disagree. Is he a natural centerman at this point in his career? No, maybe not. But neither is Alex Kerfoot. And, and he's playing center, uh, you know, on the third line as well. So I think you give him an opportunity, you give him a shot, and he becomes really good uh, insurance should Galchenyuk start to falter and you want to spice up the lines a little bit, put him in the blender. He's somebody who can easily go up and play into your top six. And then you've also got a guy like Engvall who can end up moving back into that spot. Simmons, maybe, uh, you know, you could put Kerfoot back in there if he doesn't end up getting dealt by tomorrow. So there's a lot of different options that you could do with a guy like Nick Felino. He's got that versatility, which I think was key in this trade to bring him in. Um, the price of a first and two fourths, some people think this is too much. In a vacuum, yes, I believe it probably would be considered an overpayment. Is he himself worth a first and two fourths? Probably not, especially when you look and you see that Taylor Hall uh, went for a second and Anders Bjork, who's like a bottom six winger. <laughs> so basically, it went for a second round pick. Um, so in a vacuum, yes. But when you put context to it, I have no problem with Kyle Dubas giving up a first rounder and two fours to go out and get a guy like Felino to make a cup run. Because for a team making a run like this, this is the exact type of ad. This is the missing ingredient, the missing piece that could give them a legitimate shot at a Stanley Cup. Think about last year when Tampa gave up Barclay Goudreau, or they gave up a first-round pick to San Jose for Barclay Goudreau. That was by far an overpayment. Absolutely asinine move for them. But what happened? They won the Stanley Cup. And it was because they went out and overpaid for a guy who they felt was going to be a kind of the missing piece, the missing element to help them get over the hump and win the Stanley Cup. And who cares in Tampa now that they missed out on a first round pick? I guarantee you, Julian Breezebaugh don't give a damn that they do not have an additional first from last year's draft and instead have Barkley Goudreau in their lineup and have Barkley Goudreau raves the Stanley Cup. Now, does this mean that it's cup or bust for Toronto after making a move like this? I don't think so. Um, as long, to me, the expectations for this team right now, and I don't think this tr trade changes it, to be quite honest with you, to me, the expectation is to at minimum, think this team needs to make it out of the Canadian divisional round, right? They've got to make it out of this round, win two rounds, and make it to the Final Four. For those who forget, this year's playoffs is set up differently. It is uh, a Final Four, or, or sorry, um, four of your division opponents, so it's four, the top four in the division, <laughs> uh, make it to the playoffs, and then it's 1v4, and then two versus three, winners take on each other in round two. And then from there, you'll have one team from each division represented in the final four. And if Toronto is not that team, then no, this trade is not worth it. And this season, to me, would be deemed as, as unsuccessful. 
But if they do, like I anticipate happening, getting to that Final Four, becoming and being and proving to be the best team in Canada and making it that way, I think a guy like Nick Foligno is necessary to get over that hump and get themselves to that position. And if they can get there and put on a good show and a good, um, you know, a good series against whether it be, uh, you know, maybe Tampa ends up making it through or a Washington or the Islanders or Colorado, Vegas, there's a lot of really good teams out there that are just as good as Toronto once you get to the Final Four and you're facing teams all around the league. I, I understand that. And I think that's why I don't see this as a cup or bust type deal to deem it as successful or unsuccessful. But what I do like is a guy like Nick Foligno, the intangibles he brings to this team on the ice and off the ice, the fact that he's got that versatility where he can play down the middle, he can play on the wing, he can play both special teams if needed, can sit net front presence, um, can kill penalties, and he's going to bring just a little bit different of an element to this team, to this lineup, and something that uh, they certainly were looking for, someone who brings a bit of an edge. Like Think about how difficult it was playing against him last year when he was in Columbus, when Toronto was playing against him in the playoffs. He was he was a tough cookie, a tough customer out in front of the net, and, and, and it was somebody where you didn't like playing against him. You know, you don't like when he, you see him come over the boards because you know you're in for a shift. you got to give it your all because that's what he's going to do. And that's what I think bringing in uh, Nick Foligno is going to do. It's going to allow this team to fill out, you know, kind of this depth. It gives them another added element of, of nastiness, a little bit of more of an edge, which is something that I was hoping they would get. If you recall, I think it was last weekend, Brandon um, uh, Brandon Cameron and I did our top five trade targets. Nick Foligno was my number one trade target. So you know I'm excited for this trade, right? You know I'm definitely excited for it. It was someone I thought that they they needed that could put them kind of over the top and put them in a great position to make a long cup run and that's what I think that Felino is going to be able to do whether it's at 3c or somewhere in the top six I truly do believe that Nick Felino is going to make an impact both down the stretch and certainly make an impact in the playoffs because that's just the type of guy the type of DNA that flourishes in the playoffs so um, those are my thoughts on Nick Felino and the fact that they got him at just a 25% cap hit at 1.83 million dollars Kept the room open for another trade. Possibly a couple trades could happen, but we know at least one more that did come through, and that was a trade made a couple hours later between the Leafs and the Calgary Flames, and that was for Big Save Dave. Dave Riddick, the goaltender from the Flames, now a Toronto Maple Leaf. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, We'll chat about what Big Save Dave can bring to Toronto and what this might mean for the goaltending position here in the six going forward. I gotta tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. 
And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the Peanut Butter Bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program, still with you. And just a reminder that this is a daily program, a daily podcast, the only daily Maple Leaf show. So if you are a big time, massive Maple Leafs fan, do yourself a favor and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast from and uh, get that content directly to your phone each and every day. All right, we're recapping the two trades made by the Maple Leafs on the eve of the trade deadline. And we just went over what I think that Nick Foligno can bring to the table but what can uh, Dave Riddick bring to Toronto, the goaltender coming over from the Calgary Flames? And I, I also like this trade. I wasn't 100% sure if the Leafs were actually going to make a goaltending addition. Um, but you're bringing in Riddick, who has kind of been a a 1B over the last couple of seasons. So in Calgary, uh, the last three years, played 45 games, 48 games yesterday as, or last year as essentially the number one. And then this season played in 15 games. Um, numbers dropping off a little bit, a 290 goals against and a 904 save percentage. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's, he's struggled a little bit, but that team out in Calgary struggled all season long. But we did see Dave Riddick, put on a clinic when he was taking on the Maple Leafs uh, about a month and a half ago or so. I think that he is a good goaltender. Um, and giving up just a third-round pick and what I believe was actually a third-round pick in 2022. Yes, a third-rounder in 2022. Um, and getting him at 50% cap hit, it's, it's a no-brainer. You add to that goaltending depth with the uncertainty of the health of these goaltenders, whether it is Freddie Anderson, which we don't know much about. I'll get to that more in a moment. Um, but whether that's Jack Campbell, who seemingly hasn't been able to put together a long stretch of games in a row. Um, and then also it just kind of puts more insurance as the third goaltender, assuming everybody can be healthy and gives you a little bit of a better option than Michael Hutchinson, despite the fact that Hutchinson has actually played decently well um, this season for Toronto. Like, I I don't want to dispel what Hutch has done, because he actually had a pretty solid year. I think he's about 4-2-1 with, like, uh, a plus, like, a 9-11 save percentage and, like, a 2 40 goals like he's been a really solid goaltender when called upon for Toronto besides maybe that one game in Ottawa aside from that he's actually been pretty good but uh, still I don't think that he was somebody that the Maple Leafs would have felt comfortable with if they got down to their third goaltender in the playoffs and they had to roll out Hutch I, I don't know if that's what they wanted to do so they said to themselves all right since we don't know about Anderson we don't know about um, Jack Campbell, let's go out and bolster the goaltending position and let's get ourselves Dave Riddick, a guy who does have a little bit of playoff experience last season and uh, it only cost a, a future third round pick. 
The question is, though, is what does this mean for the goaltending position in Toronto? Because the first thing that crosses your mind is... Is Freddie done? Is Freddie done? I don't know. I They're saying all kind of the right things that, that make you believe that he is going to return at some point this season and that it's not considered a long-term injury. You know, there was that thought that they would put him on LTIR and then those thoughts were kind of dispelled a little bit by um, Coach Keith coming out and saying, yeah, we think he's close. We don't think that, you know, this isn't, we're not concerned. This is going to be a long-term thing. And then all of a sudden, um, that trade goes out on Friday. They they put Freddie on LTIR. Then they bring in Nash. They put him on LTIR. That creates all this cap space. And then uh, Nick Foligno ends up coming in. And, and then now you see they trade for another goalie in Riddick. So, like I said, this makes you wonder if this is the last time that we'll see Freddie before the playoff. Like, are we? have we seen the last of Freddie in the regular season? And it, it almost makes it seem that way with the way that this trade is. And, I mean, it makes sense that the team is pretty comfortably in first place in the division. I think they're a lot to make the playoffs. Um, and if he's just not ready uh, and his injuries is, is keep lingering like, like they're saying... You know, they needed to go out and get themselves some insurance. And if that means that they can still make some other moves by keeping Freddie on LTIR and just hoping that once the playoffs roll around, he will be healthy and and ready to go and and actually be, um, you know, fresh and rejuvenated by the time the playoffs start, then, you know, that that might be the case. And then Freddie can battle it out with Jack Campbell once the playoffs get here. Uh, but that was the first thing that came to my mind was not really what can Riddick do for us, but why are they bringing him in? What does that mean for Fred Anderson? And, you know, I, I just, we're not probably going to know if he's going to return until the deadline's over and see how much cap space we have. Because if they plan on bringing him back um, off of LTIR before the season's over, if they think that he's going to be healthy anytime soon, you would assume that they're not going to fill that cap space then because, well, they won't be able to. Um, so so if they fill that cap space, then he's definitely done for the rest of the regular season. And then the playoffs, where there's no cap, I guess he can come off and it doesn't matter, like Riley Nash. So that was kind of my first little thought about bringing in a guy like Riddick. I mean, yes, it's nice just to build that goaltending depth. Um, you know, they went into the season with Hutchinson as their four and remember they had Aaron Dell as their three and he got claimed off of waivers. So now they finally go out, they get themselves uh, an upgrade over Hutchinson and, and get that replacement for Aaron Dell in a better Riddick, I may add, um, a guy who can start if both Anderson and Campbell end up with injuries down the stretch. He's somebody who you could at least feel somewhat comfortable with putting him in between the pipes. I mean, you don't get the nickname Big Save Dave if you are trash. I can tell you that. So, uh, you know, Dave Riddick, I think, is a pretty solid pickup and didn't cost much, a future third rounder. Um, but we'll have to keep an eye and see what exactly happens with uh, with Fred Anderson the rest of the way. You know, it's, it's also very possible that we may never see Freddie in a Maple Leafs uniform again. You know, if, if Campbell and Riddick kind of run away with it and they decide that, okay, these are our guys going into the playoffs, maybe we don't see Anderson. Or if he's actually that injured and this lingering injury 
forces him to just not come back the rest of the year, that is also a possibility because um, they're not going to play him unless he's 100%. Because when he did come back, he wasn't that great. He looked like he was bothered by something, and um, they they need to, to have a goaltender who can give them all they have, especially once they get to the playoffs, and they're facing the best of the best, the cream of the crop. So, again, this is just going to uh, be kind of a wait-and-see mode and see what happens later today and see if they can fill that space because I believe I saw they still have about... If they don't, if they decide to keep Freddie on LTIR for the rest of the season, they technically still have, I think, a couple million dollars to play with where they can make some additions here um, and still make another move today on the deadline. And I actually have a name in mind who I would like the Maple Leafs maybe to target and make this like a perfect deadline, right? Like Nick Felino was was my guy. That was the number one trade target that I thought that they should go out and get. They got him. Um, Dave Riddick, he wasn't technically like my number one. I didn't really think about a, a backup goalie. Um, I thought maybe Chris Dreger would be a, a decent option or an Anton Forsberg. I did think about Riddick. I just didn't think that they would pull the trigger because of the money aspect. But I guess they kept uh, 50% of the contract, and that makes it that makes things a lot easier for Toronto to fit under the cap. So I like the bringing in Dave Riddick. But if they bring, can bring in one more piece, and, and I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'll tell you who that piece is that I think would make this a perfect trade deadline for Kyle Dubas and company. And I'll do that after you hear a quick word from our show sponsors. You are listening to the Locked On Lease podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. This is trade deadline day, and the Maple Leafs made a couple of big moves on the eve of deadline day yesterday they made a couple of his trades they brought in Nick Felino, the forward the captain out of the Columbus Blue Jackets and then brought in backup goaltender Dave Riddick from the Calgary Flames and I think they still have some room to make another move here and obviously, like I mentioned in the previous um, segment it, it kind of depends on what they decide to do with Freddie Anderson of course but assuming that he is done for the year um, and and they use this LTIR space to bolster their lineup even more, a guy who I'm kind of circling and, and have in mind is somebody on the blue line for Toronto. And I'm thinking Jamie Alexiak of the Dallas Stars. Um, currently, he is actually the top-ranked defenseman on TSN Frank Saravalli's trade bait board, and he's number nine. So he's the ninth defenseman or ninth player, but first defenseman, a left shot D. Um, he's got he's a pending UFA, makes just over two million bucks. But you know, maybe Dallas retains on that. It seems like that seems to be the the move with every single trade this season. Is is whoever is dealing with the players also retaining half the money um and that so that that's the player who i'm kind of circling and say if they can get that guy 
this would kind of be a perfect deadline because he's somebody who can come in and give them, you know, even more on on the defensive side. You know, give them that added edge. I'm pretty sure he can play both sides of the ice as well, which makes that, uh, you know, that versatility thing that I was talking about with Felino. That versatility also could could be had with a guy like Jamie Alexiak. But even still, you know, as a left shot defenseman, I look at him and I think that he would be an upgrade over a guy like Travis Dermott. And the more I was having a conversation with a, a friend of mine, and the more that I think about it, I don't think they're going to be able to bring Dermott back next year. Uh, he's probably going to want a, a bit of an upgrade, uh, you know, a raise from the 800000 that he kind of was forced to sign this year um, with being such a cap-strapped team. And I just don't think Toronto's going to be able to afford it. I think they'll probably go with a guy like Sandine or something. And maybe Dermot could be used as a trade chip to upgrade Dermot's role, right? You get a, a younger guy, an RFA, um, who's got a little bit higher of a ceiling maybe than a guy like Alexiak, um, if he can get there. But I think right now Alexiak would be a better player for the Maple Leafs than Dermot would be in the playoffs. So if you can maybe use another defense, like literally just swap that out and maybe add in a sweetener, of course, if, if need be, you could potentially make that happen. And Jamie Alexiak would be a perfect, perfect add for the Maple Leafs that gives them another, another, you know, tough, rugged type player, somebody with, with playoff success, obviously went to the, the cup final with the stars, um, last year. I think he did, did he may have won a cup with Pittsburgh a couple of years ago. I'll look that up. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. I know that he played for Pittsburgh, but was it when they won the cup? I'm just going to have to quickly look that up. Jamie, Alexiak, because I remember that he he like got traded from Dallas to Pittsburgh and then went back to Dallas. So um, no, he was not there the years that they won the cup. He was still with the Stars at that time, and then he went to Pittsburgh afterwards. Yeah, so he didn't win a cup with Pittsburgh, but he did go to the Cup final last year with the stars. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that he would be a fantastic addition for the Maple Leafs. Six foot seven, 255 pounds. Uh, he's from Toronto. The guy is just an absolute beast. Um, so I think Jamie Alexiak would be that, that last target that I would like Toronto to take a look at, take a, take a peek, peek, have a little double barrel sniff around this guy because I think he could really help in the postseason and really wear down an opposing team's offense you know go and hit them into the boards um he'll stick up for his teammates uh, he'll block shots kill penalties you know Alexiak really would do a lot of things for this for this uh, for this Leafs team and that would be the kind of the final piece that I think would give the Leafs an A plus deadline A plus and I don't think it would take a lot. Like this is a bottom pairing defenseman at the end of the day, um, who is a pending UFA. Like I, I just I don't think it would take a lot to get him. Maybe at, at the very most it would cost a second round pick for him because I think there would be a bidding war and a bunch of teams who would be interested in him. But I mean I think you give a guy like Travis Dermott plus maybe a third or a fourth. 
that to me makes a little bit of sense. And if I'm Dallas, maybe you make that move because they're not completely out of it. And you still get a body who could grow into something um, in Dermot and, and you could sign him. So I, I think that that makes sense um, going after a guy like, like Alexiak. I still think potentially Alex Kerfoot could be on the move. I I know that is, you know, it's been talked about a lot that in order for them to to make a sizable move, they're going to have to move his contract. Well, obviously that that wasn't the case. Uh, what we knew was kind of the loophole was would be to get Freddie Anderson put on LTIR, but then they also put Riley Nash on LTIR to create even more cap space, and now that allows them to make even more moves it's it's really some cap genius there by Brandon Pridham um and and Kyle Dubas here of the Maple Leafs uh but let's let's take a look around the league and and see we'll talk about one specific trade the biggest trade I guess outside of the Felino deal on the night and then we'll talk about who's left uh because <laughs> There was 12 trades over the weekend, so uh, there's not going to be much for Trade Center. Uh, <laughs> or not not a lot of big names, at least, right? Felino gone. Savard, gone. Uh, Taylor Hall, gone. And that's the one trade that I want to chat about really quickly. Taylor Hall goes from Buffalo to Boston, along with Curtis Lazar, um, a fourth-line center, I technically, I guess, uh, for a second-round pick in Anders Bjork. Yeah, that's it. Um, not too sure what Kevin Adams is, was thinking on that one. That is that is a severely light return, considering a couple hours before that, Columbus was able to get a first and a fourth for Nick Foligno. And, and I understand why Nick Foligno is worth more than Taylor Hall, but to me, that that's still like a second rounder for a team that's going to make the playoffs is, is not really a great, like it's not a top 50 pick, right? So I, I this just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, the return isn't great. And because the return isn't great, why, why did they make the deal tonight? Why wouldn't they have just waited until tomorrow till 2.57 and make the deal then when they, they get all the way down to the wire and then realize, all right, fine, I guess this is all we're going to get. But instead, they make that deal late on Sunday night and now we're all left first of all we're, we're going to be left watching Trade Center without a, a big fish <laughs> I guess our big fish is Mike Hoffman at this point but without a big fish and then we're also sitting here criticizing the Sabres for the extremely light return they got on a former MVP a former number one overall pick and a guy who is probably going to go and light it up for Boston I mean, he's not an awful player. He's just stuck in a terrible situation. Did I want him for Toronto? Not really, to be quite honest with you. Um, he just wasn't... I, I just didn't, right? I, I thought there was other players who would have fit what Toronto needed or what Toronto was trying to do a little more. Felino for me, was a guy, obviously, as he hit my number one um, target. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what Buffalo was, was doing there. Um... Who's left, <laughs> right? Like, a bunch of trades went down over the weekend, but since uh, since Friday, I guess technically the trade was kicked off with, with the Riley Nash deal that the Leafs made uh, Friday afternoon. And since then, like the 72 hours leading up to the deadline, 
12 trades uh, coming in, which is going to leave the deadline awfully quiet uh, today for, for my friends at TSN um, and, and uh, Sportsnet. It's, it's going to be an interesting deadline. There still are some names that are out there, though. Um, you know, Mike Hoffman is probably the big fish now that Hall and Felino are gone. Um, a a, a big-time goal scorer, perennial 30-goal guy who's playing for the uh, the St. Louis Blues on a on a expiring deal and I'm not sure why they're looking to get rid of Hoffman. I guess they just because he's he's on an expiring contract they're they're looking to get something out of him, but like St. Louis is going to make the playoffs. Like they probably could use him as an own rental themselves, but for whatever reason, uh, there's a lot of chatter out there that he is available. And you got to think that these teams that missed out on Hall and missed out on Felino, um, now Hoffman becomes their number one target. I'm thinking guys like uh, potentially Carolina. I think the Colorado Avalanche definitely um, could add another forward, uh, dominating forward. Potentially Montreal, now that they've created some cap space and lost a significant piece of their offense in Brendan Gallagher. Um, I, I don't remember if I mentioned Carolina at all, but p- potentially they could be in, in in the mix. So now kind of all eyes are going to be on Hoffman, and uh, he may not even go because he is he could be used as an own rental by St. Louis. So that's kind of how the deadline is going to shake up. Um, a couple other names that I think could go and, and you know would be sizable and noteworthy, I suppose. But Alex Iafalo, who I've always said is also a great option for the Maple Leafs if they can make that happen. Um, I would have to take a deeper dive now that after these trades have been made, if they can make his money work. But it's it's probably possible that at a 50% retention, they still could add a guy like Iafalo, um and Alexiak. So, again, Iafalo, another guy who Toronto could be interested in. Uh, Luke Glendening, uh, bottom six, fourth line centerman who wins faceoffs. I believe he's a right shot faceoff taker as well. For the Detroit Red Wings, someone will probably give up a mid-round pick for them. Mikhail Granlund, again, this is kind of the same situation as Hoffman. Big name, but, well, big-ish name, but he could also just be an own rental. The Nashville Predators have worked themselves back into the playoff race. Are they going to be keen on letting a guy like Michael Granlund or Mikhail Granlund walk on them? I, I don't know, but I think if they don't get a decent return on him, they could decide just to keep him. Keep him for that playoff run that they're not a run, but they're going to make the playoffs, and he's certainly a useful player. Uh, Scott Lawton out in Philadelphia, potentially he's up there on the TSN trade bait board. Bozak has also been uh, has been rumored to be out there, and they're taking calls on him. Sam Bennett out in Calgary. I'd be shocked if he's still kicking around by the time the 3 p.m. deadline comes around. Matthias Yanmark in Chicago, who's actually having a really good season with the Blackhawks. Uh, he's definitely a guy who could be had at a decent price, I think. Um, he might be one of the, the bigger players at this point that teams are going to be calling on. And maybe because of that, Chicago is might be able to extract... A little bit more out of a guy like Jan Mark, but I actually think that he's a pretty solid player and, and he could kind of play up and down your lineup. So Jan Mark is a player who I'm going to be kind of taking a peek and, and watching to see what happens with him um, as the deadline looms. Uh, defensively, you know, I already mentioned Jamie Alexiak out there um, could be on the market. Josh Manson 
for the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, so there, there's a couple of guys on the blue line that also are still going to be out there. You know, I said maybe Dermot could be had, uh, a guy who's a pending RFA, and maybe they look to upgrade on him. And if they do, they move him out to a team and, and pick up an asset for it. Uh, Chris Dreger, a, def- a goaltender who could still be had. I don't know if, if Florida is still listening on Dreger, but there was some talk earlier that potentially they could look to, to move him, uh, another pending UFA, having a pretty good season. And Jonathan Bernier as well. I think that uh, Boston probably should make a move to get a goalie because well, they start Dan Vladar tonight who gave up, or last night, I'm recording this at like 2 a.m., on the 12th, so it's it's both. Uh, but Dan Vladar uh, allowed like an eight spot tonight. Uh, you know, Tuka Rask, I think, is still hurt. You've got Halak on the COVID list, uh, so they should get themselves a goaltender. And whether it's Dreger or Bernier, uh, one of those two I think would be wise if Buffalo were to call those teams and make sure one of them were in, in Boston to. Uh, to solidify their goaltending depth because right now it's it's hurting and they're a team that's not technically locked up a playoff spot and they gave up uh, they gave up a second rounder to, to go out and get a guy like Hall. They gave up, uh, I think they went and got Mike Riley for a third rounder as well tonight. Uh, so shore up that, that goaltending depth as well while you're at it, Boston. That would that would make a lot of sense if, if that were me, uh, if I were, were Don Sweeney. But I... I'm not sure how active tomorrow is going to be now, or today, I guess, by the time you're listening to it. I'm not sure how active it's going to be. You know, I had said that I thought it was going to be pretty active um, when I did my podcast on Friday. I said, I'm, I'm expecting there to be more trades than, than people think. I think I put the number at 14 to 17, but I also put the qualifier that depending on what happens over the weekend. And now that we saw 12 trades occur over the weekend, um, probably don't see as many anymore. Um, I mean, if you want to include these 12 trades as part of the deadline festivities, which, you know, I guess you, you could if you wanted to. If, if I wanted to, I could. Uh, but now at this point, I mean, there are a lot of names still out there on like the the trade bait boards, but uh, we'll see how many more deals end up getting made. You know, a couple of the big guys, David Savard, Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno, already off the board. So there's a couple more guys who are still out there on the market, but we'll see if they end up uh, end up moving. And and if so, where do they go? What does it go for? We'll have to see. But uh, that's the new it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And uh, yeah, so it is the trade deadline, folks. Hopefully you enjoy it. And I will be back. We got a game tonight, actually, on deadline day against the Calgary Flames. So David Riddick actually does not have to do any quarantine because the Flames are coming to Toronto. The Flames are already in Toronto. And he's just going to have to walk over to the other dressing room and uh, put on a Maple Leafs uniform at Bob's Your Uncle. So that also is a a pretty added bonus for making the deal with Dave Riddick um, as well. So 
Enjoy that game tonight. That'll be fun. Uh, the deadline, always a good time. And, uh, yeah, so I'll do another episode later tonight for you guys. Um, and it'll be recapping the game against the Flames. And then also just doing an overall recap about the trade deadline as a whole. Who are the winners? Who are the losers? Who are the biggest uh, difference makers? And then, uh, yeah, we'll get all those thoughts and more on the next show, which will be tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leaves.